Lance Popke is an accomplished restaurateur turned marketer. He now runs a company called Restaurant Funnel. You may recognize the name. They've been a sponsor of this show for the past several weeks. Uh, I got to know Lance uh, pretty well over the last several months, and I really wanted to have him on this show uh, to talk about some of the things he's doing with his company, uh, the way that he views uh, marketing and restaurant marketing uh, specifically. It's a wide-ranging conversation. He gets a lot of really great strategies as well as tactics. It's a good one. Please don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week we toggle back and forth between a monologue style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated marketing concepts and make them both understandable and actionable. Why? Because like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback platform that actually drives revenue. These days, so many restaurants are using third-party delivery platforms to drive revenue, but once the food goes out the door, it's often impossible to maintain a connection to the guest. So restaurants all over the country now are turning to Ovation to solve that problem. Recently voted the number one guest feedback platform in a nationwide restaurant owner's survey, Ovation uses an SMS-based survey. So we're talking about a text message. They use that as a digital touchpoint that is redefining guest feedback. If the experience was great, your guests are prompted to leave an online review and are then automatically invited back or urged to convert over to first-party ordering. If it wasn't great, you're immediately notified so your team can resolve issues in real time. Get more feedback, more reviews, and more revenue with Ovation. Visit ovationup.com slash chip to get 2,000 free text messages. And don't worry, that link is in the show notes. Now, a friendly reminder that Restaurant Strategy is on Patreon. There are four different tiers of membership. And to all of you who have already supported the show Thank you. If anyone else out there wants to join the community, please come visit patreon.com slash restaurant strategy. So my guest on today's show is a gentleman named Lance Popke. He runs a company called Restaurant Funnel uh, based out of Canada. Uh, they've been a sponsor here of the show uh, the last several weeks. Really grateful for their support. Uh, but in many ways, Lance is like the Canadian counterpart to what I do. Uh, he does a lot with marketing, does a lot with restaurant marketing. He is very opinionated. Uh, I've loved the conversations that I've had so far with him, and I'm thrilled to be able to uh, talk with him today. Lance, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chip. Glad to be here. I guess I want to start here because uh, you've been you've listened to the show for a while. How do you how do you think about marketing? Because you've been doing it a while. Like like how do you define marketing? How do you think about it? And how should uh, how should restaurant owners think about marketing? Well, I think they they need to think about marketing um, as a first step, uh, and it's sometimes it's forgotten, and it's the the last thing that that a restaurant does. And because it's it's something that needs to be to be planned and um, taken account for um, a lot more than just 
just instant results. You know, um, you have a, have a service day, you take care of the guest. That's an instant gratification. But but marketing is more of a, a long play. It's more of you know setting a foundation for you know future visits. And unfortunately, the the a lot of restaurants get into the mode where they don't do marketing because it's not instant gratification. And then they wonder in three or four months why they're not busy. And they think, oh, they're going to do some marketing and be instantly busy. But to do marketing right, you need to kind of kind of start that and build it. And it's a, a progress along the way. Yeah. I mean, the thing we hear all the time, right, is ROI, right? Like because you have to justify the expense that you're that you're spending. So how do you how do you answer that? What's your what, what's your response when you're faced with that that conversation? Well, and I think that's another misconception is that a lot of people say, well, marketing is um, untrackable. You know, you, you know, you don't know who the guest is or where they've come from. And for the most part, that's true. You know, when you have a restaurant that sees a thousand people in a week and you don't know based on what ad or what connection that person actually came in. So, so yes, marketing is very difficult to create that ROI, but what you need to do is you need to figure out some sort of a metric to make it to make it seem like your or to make it work for your for a return on investment and so even if you just track something small um like you know how many new guests come in because they have a certain you know card or business card or or incentive or or whatever um and then you can track that incentive incentive or um a new business back to your marketing dollars because your marketing dollars really needs to be spent on on attracting new guests mm-hmm. and and so you need to figure out how many new guests are coming in based on your marketing and that's really how you kind of should be um, calculating an ROI everything else is is just extra but you know getting that new guest in is so important and then it's up to the restaurant to do a great job and and deliver that experience in order to get that new guest to come back or spread the word and tell other people. Yeah. I, you know, I push back a little bit uh, on that because, you know, I've got this thing, this like triangle principle, right? Which is that all all marketing uh, comes down to, you know, one of three actions, which is attraction, retention, and evangelism. And, uh, and we do uh, spend a lot of time uh, talking about attraction, right? How do we attract new customers? We need new, you know, new, new diners, new diners. We need to introduce ourselves to, you know, to new customers. And I think we spend much less time uh, really focused on retention and evangelism. You know, retention obviously being, you know, how do we get people to come back? And evangelism is how do we get them to go forth and spread the good word of what we're trying to do, um, uh, to talk about how much they loved it, to, to share that picture and all, and all of that. Um, and I think those are really powerful um, engines um, to actually uh, feed the attraction engine, you know, that, that third piece to it. Um, so a lot of things, you know, a lot of times when I talk to, when I talk to uh, operators, you know, I say, hey, look, you know, luckily what I'm doing here, you know, is has everything to do with what you're doing here in, in the restaurant. Um, you know, we want to create a great experience, but we want to create an experience that lets people know 
um, that we want them back, that they can come back. This is how to come back. This is why you should come back. And and you know to you know to provide experiences that they can't help um, but rave about. And and I think sometimes we spend an incongruous amount of time focusing on on attraction when uh, when we've got cover like you said we've got a, a thousand people coming into our restaurant this week you know how can we get you know half of them to come back next week or you know within the next three weeks I think that's um, there, there's a there's a, a specific set of actions um, that I think go into that that I, that I think is really important too I mean do you, would you agree with that as well or uh, do you really um, do you really focus uh, primarily and solely on attraction? Yes and no. Um, attraction is kind of where we start, right? You, you know, you can't you can't have a successful restaurant without bringing in new guests, and that's just and that's our our um, you know kind of where I always look at a restaurant is is what are you doing at the start to bring in those those new guests? Because if you're not continually you know uh, filling that pipeline with uh, new people, then eventually you're going to um, not, not increase your revenue. And one of the big things, you know, we see right now is that, you know, a regular guest isn't as regular as they used to be. And, and that's not because of anything the restaurant's done or, or um, any of that sort of stuff. It's just people aren't going out as frequently and, and things are starting to pick up a little bit more, but but I think people also, when it comes to a full service restaurant, are valuing more the experience than just going out for something to eat. And and going out for an experience, you um, you know you you need to you need to really um, have that experience in order to get the guests back. So so I guess when for me the marketing end of things is that um, I as a marketer for restaurants, I can help and assist with um, creating an experience, but it's that experience that the restaurant needs to deliver in order for, um, you know, you to get people to come back. That's the, that's the number one key, right? So if my job as a marketer is to bring them to the door, it's your job as a restaurant operator to make sure that they enjoy themselves. And then yes, there is lots of things that we can do to make sure that we're top of mind and getting people to come back and getting them aware of other parts of the restaurant or other, you know, specials or features or any of that, that sort of item. But um, it's really that, that new guest attraction that I find, you know, restaurants don't do. Um, And, and I find that the biggest thing is that they don't do it well is because they do a, a social media post and assume that, that social media post is going to transform into someone coming into the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really feel like there is a few steps in between that. And we see that in, you know, e-commerce and retail and, and you know, other biz, other types of industries where, you know, they generate leads. And and that's what I'm, I'm you know, really always trying to preach uh, is, is, you know, we, we generate leads. And leads are people who show an interest in your restaurant. And then, you know, through other communication, we have to take that lead and then kind of convince them to come in. And then once they come in, then you know that they're a guest. And once they're a guest, then you can, um, 
you know, try and get them to come back more often. You know, oftentimes as a, as a marketer and especially marketing restaurants, you know, people, I say, oh, I'm a marketer. I, you know, I market restaurants. They say, oh yeah, yeah, no, we've, we've got really good, you know, Instagram, like, <laughs> like social media does not equal marketing. Social media is a tool at the marketer's disposal. Um, it's one aspect of what we do, or it's, it's one, it, you know, it's one lever that we have to pull. Um, but it is not, it is not a marketing plan. There's so many other things uh, there's so many other pieces to it. Um, I, I want to pause right now and, and just go back a little bit and talk to me um, uh, merely from my own curiosity. How did you get how did you get into marketing and and I guess more specifically marketing restaurants? I got into marketing restaurants by owning restaurants and uh, I owned restaurants for 15 years. Uh, the marketing function of those restaurants is something that I always um, did and took care of and uh, built and took to um, you know trial and error and on constantly tried different things and had things work and um, and the biggest thing that I've learned from that is um, consistency because when I owned a restaurant I would market it but then you know the dishwasher called in sick or uh, you know the freezer broke down. And so all of a sudden, all these things would happen in the restaurant and I would kind of let off the gas on the marketing. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing the things that I was doing consistently. And then all of a sudden, you know, the car slowed down, everything kind of came to a stop. And and that's the one big thing that I've learned in my experience is that you need to keep the foot on the gas. Right. That that's what marketing is, is really about, is that consistency, because once you kind of let your your marketing and your awareness kind of fall off, it takes a while for you to kind of rebuild that. And whether that be with new guests or guests who have been there before, you know, somebody has been there before and you're constantly, you know, in front of them eventually they're going to they're going to something's going to trigger and they're going to say okay yeah i want to go check this place out but if all of a sudden you haven't been in front of that guest for six months and now you're in front of them they're they they may not be as as acceptance right or it may now take another two months before you can get them to go come in right and and so that's that's the big thing that uh, that i've learned in my in my career as a restaurant owner is that having that consistent marketing marketing presence and marketing uh, um, strategy is important. And so when I finished my marketing or my restaurant career and um, you know, my wife and I switched roles and she went back to work and I stayed at, uh, stayed at home with the kids. Um, I, you know, was kind of looking for things to do and, and, to be honest with you, I was trying to stay away from the restaurant business because I'd been in it for 30 years. And, and, um, but you know, I, I love it and there's such a passion for it. And, you know, and that's one thing that kind of led me, um, to follow you is, you know, every time I listen to one of your episodes, um, it really, it really hit home as to kind of a mission that I wanted to, wanted to follow. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty. I mean, that's, you know, so much of, you know, where I come from is that, you know, I would, I would open all these restaurants, I would work with all these restaurants and just marketing wasn't just an afterthought. It was like hardly a thought. They just opened it up and they had everything figured out. You know, they went to such care to source all the small wares and, you know, to, to pick the purveyors that they partner with and, you know, how they set the table and what the steps of service are and, you know, how they train their servers and their cooks and all of that. 
And then it was like the last thing we talked about. They were like, oh, can you send an e-blast? It's like, no, 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 you need a, and so that's why I always talk about this triangle principle, right? Like you need a strategy. There, there are a series of actions that you do to attract new people uh, to, your, um, to your restaurant. Uh, there are a series of actions you do um, to get people who know your restaurant, who are dining at your restaurant, to come back to your restaurant, right? And then there are, there are a series of actions you do to get them to evangelize for you, whether, you know, tell their friends, log a review, you know, post a photo on, on social media on whatever it is, how, however you define evangelism. And it's different for every restaurant, every market, um, you know, what, you know, what, but you got to spark that word of mouth, right? Cause at the end of the day, you know, most of the marketing, you know, a couple, I don't know, month and a half ago, I had Mark Schaefer on the show. Mark uh, wrote a, a now famous book called Marketing Rebellion. Uh, and he talks about how, you know, two thirds of our marketing is happening behind our backs. And so um, I, I read the book a couple of years ago and I really, uh, and it really uh, stuck with me because I think so much of the marketing is happening behind our backs and it always has uh, for as long as people have had products and bought products and talked about products, right? Word of mouth is a powerful thing. And for me, uh, I, I always think about, you know, okay, they're going to talk about us. What are they going to say? You know, how can we, you know, ensure that they're saying uh, positive things, you know, just to start? How can we, um, how can we ensure that they're saying the right, you know, defining us, describing us in the right way or the, the way that we wish to be described, you know, so that when they talk to the right people, you know, their eyes light up and they say, oh my God, I got to go there. Um, so I really think, and, and you know, so much of what I talk about too is, is strategy, right? Coming up with a strategic approach, you know, building a plan, knowing that, you know, you know, how are you going to do, what are the, what are the series of things you're going to do to try to get people uh, in or to, to get on people's radar? And that's the, that's the thing I want to get to, because I know so much of what you do, so much of the work you do with Restaurant Funnel is about that attraction piece. And so we will get there because um, I want to talk about it, but, um, but, you know, this idea of a restaurant, you know, of a funnel, of a sales funnel um, is something that I think restaurant, and you alluded to it a second ago, but it's a lot of thing that restaurant operators don't think of. There's this thing, right? You said it yourself a minute ago, you know, I'll post this picture and they'll be so overwhelmed by how delicious it looks that they'll come in and dine, uh, which we know does not happen. Um, that, that very rarely happens with any product anywhere, right? The, the key to marketing is the right message to the right person at the right time. And you know, aside from threading the needle, you know, the, the reason that we talk about, you know, in advertising about impressions and frequency and recency is because we know that we got to keep getting in front of people. We have to keep reminding people over and over again, and we've got to, you know, hit them in different areas of their world, um, you know, which is why we have things like pixels and cookies and we can retarget and, and all of that. There are lots of tools at our disposal, but, but talk to me then about that because, you know, traditional funnel is about, you know, raising awareness, right? You know, creating, you know, taking a cold audience, making them a warm audience, taking a warm audience and becoming a hot audience. So explain that a little bit, you know, just in like kind of broad terms, not necessarily in how you do it, but how a, a typical sales funnel would work in, you know, in terms of marketing. Yeah. So it, um, in terms of marketing, the sales funnel is lead generation. We talk to restaurants and go, I don't, I don't need to generate leads. And well, leads is that cold audience, right? It's that, that person who may have heard about you uh, and may have heard of you from word of mouth. You know, Chip, you tell me about a restaurant I need to try. Well, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to Google and I'm going to look up, you know, maybe their Instagram account and their Facebook, but I'm definitely going to their website. And if on that website, I have a way to capture that lead now that lead is in the system i call it and then 
you know, you can take that lead and by sending them relevant information, like you say, the right message at the right time and learning about them, you can get them to come into the restaurant. And now that's what, what in the, what in the funnel process I call, call, um, a guest, right? Um, actually, I'm going to back that up. You go from a lead. Once that lead signs up to your, your, um, or, you know, gives you contact information, they become a contact, right? So lead is someone who's just sniffing around. They're looking, looking at things. And, uh, you know, there might be a thousand of those people a week looking at your, at your information. And, you know, you capture that information from those people. They become a contact. Now that's a hundred people that are, that are in your system. And out of those hundred people, now you get you know, 50 of those people to actually come in and try a restaurant. Well, you know, now they're a guest. So now that they're a guest, they've come in and they've enjoyed, enjoyed the restaurant and you follow up with them with, um, you know, feedback request or, um, you know, they, they post a review and you comment on it. You send them out a message in the few months and you're trying to get them back. And once they've been back three times, I call it, then they're kind of into superfan status. And so we go from lead to contact to guest to superfan. And superfan are those people that will help spread the word of your restaurant where other, where other forms of advertising will not, right? You talk to a lot of people and they're like, well, I'll never, I, I don't go to a restaurant because of, because of advertising. So advertising doesn't work. And yeah, 90% of all people that will try a restaurant for the first time go because of word of mouth and advertising won't work. But there's that 10% of those people that advertising works on and that you can you, you can make part of your tribe to help spread the word, word of mouth. I always love that when people say, you know, uh, advertising doesn't work. It, it, it's obvious at this point in, in the world that advertising does work. It overwhelmingly works. Yeah. Um, it may not work in the way that you think it's working on you, but it does work. Yeah. <laughs> um, overwhelmingly. So I was, I mean, uh, Seth Godin gives that famous story, but I mean, there's, everybody seems to have that, but you know, but yeah, advertising, advertising works obtuse, you know, opaque, you know, uh, ham fisted advertising, you know, people might see through, but, advertising marketing works yeah for sure and uh you know so so there's two things so so one thing that uh, that you said that i kind of want to get back to you is um you know when you're talking about the forms of advertising and uh you know the repetition and getting in front of people i just I, i've had a chance to to talk to talk to a few restaurants and one of the funny funny things that i that i always hear because you know i'm a huge fan of the email marketing right is you know it's a direct contact somebody that you can communicate with um you're not you know shouting out into an open field you can say hey jim this is lance come to my restaurant um but a lot of people, uh, when I talk to them about their email marketing, will say, well, you know, I don't want to send out too many emails because I don't want to bother people. And I'm like, okay, but if you had all the money in the world, you'd have every TV commercial every second. That's right. You'd have every radio commercial and you'd be interrupting people consistently. So now what you're saying is people who have actually signed up to your list, who want to hear from you, who have said, yes, please send me messages you don't want to send the messages. So to me, that that whole process just does not make sense sense in my brain. And, you know, maybe you can help me understand it better. <laughs> no, let's let's talk. I mean, let's talk through that. It was very funny because I hosted a, a clubhouse room 
uh, yesterday, and um, which is a really incredible uh, social network. I hope the internet doesn't ruin it because I think it's a um, it's a special place with really uh, re- really great value being. Um, um, being tossed around, uh, but we talked all about this. I, I hosted a room all about segmentation, retargeting, and automation, specifically, kind of like a, you know this advanced conversation about email marketing. I say, listen, for you know hundreds of years, all we had was interruption marketing. People show up to do one thing, and then we interrupt them every so often to show them something that we as marketers want them to see. Right? That's radio. That's TV. That's this podcast, that's uh, a newspaper, that's a magazine, that's pretty much everything. And only in the last, let's call it 30 years, has there been a shift, and it's a profound shift, because now we have something, instead of interruption marketing, you know, what Seth Godin coined was permission marketing, and he coined this back in 1999, and uh, it's this idea of people giving us permission, say, yeah, I give you permission to, to tell me what you're up to to sell to me every so often because I like you and I want to know what's going on. And that has to be respected and you've got to treat that with care. But at the end of the day, they said, yeah, I want to hear from you. It's actually it's actually more damaging if they don't yeah. hear from you. Yeah, and and that and that's the thing, right? Is is you know, so I could go on on this for for hours, but you know, <laughs> No, please do. This is yeah. this is something I want to. I actually want to sit here for a little bit because I really love email marketing. I've said over and over uh, on the show. Um, I think an engaged email list is a restaurant's most uh, powerful asset. Uh, that was especially true over the last fourteen months in the pandemic. Um, if you didn't have a way to keep in touch with people reliably, uh, you were you were kind of sunk, and social media was not reliable. Uh, as a way of uh, keeping in touch with people, uh, to tell them, hey, you used to come in and dine in our restaurant, but now the government shut us down, so now we're doing uh, you know, takeout, delivery, and at-home meal kits. But if you didn't have a platform to tell your people that that was the plan, they didn't know. They just thought, oh, the government shut them down. I guess I guess we can't go there anymore. And so they didn't know. Your, your customers didn't know that you had all of these other things, other ways that you were trying to serve them. Um, so I, I think email is really, uh, really important. So um, please don't get off this subject. I want to stay here for a little bit. So a couple of pet peeves of my of my email uh, thing. One is uh, the newsletter versus the email. Restaurants are, uh, especially a full service restaurant, which is built on an experience, is about a personal experience, is a personal connection. And you want to build... Uh, regular following that that is personal you know you see someone who comes into the restaurant all the time you learn their name you learn what they order you learn you learn all these things and these restaurants do such a great job at at developing that rapport with someone who comes in all the time but but what about those guests that you know when i look at like a fine dining restaurant which may only come in once a year or once every six months how are you going to know that person but you have them on a list and instead of you know treating them the same way that you would in the restaurant by asking them questions and getting to know them and and sending them relevant information you just bombard them with a four-page newsletter of graphics and all this other stuff and and people don't want that you know people people aren't looking at a restaurant for content people are looking at a restaurant to go to have an experience and and they want to feel part of it right I, i find them you know it's that whole cheers mentality right People want that sort of a feeling when they go into a restaurant. And so when, you know, for me, when I do emails for a restaurant, we don't do newsletters. We send an email to a person from a person. And 
you know, I am on thousands of email newsletters for restaurants. And I would say, I think I can think of five of out of a thousand that actually send me an email that says, Hey Lance, this is what we got going on. So, you know, you ask for my name when you ask me to sign up to your email, but then you never use it. So how does that make sense? It's like, it's like, you know, Oh, nice to meet you, Chip. And then, Hey dude, or, uh, you know, I never, I never address you by your name. Right. And, you know, and, and so (laughs) it's those small things that I find, um, have given email a bad name because people are like, people have been throwing email out and, and, you know, using it to, to kind of clutter everything. Right. And, and so that, so that, that's a, a big shift like that, that I feel is that email should be, I always say it should be as if you're sending your friend a message saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you want to, do you want to be involved? And you can always have a link where people can click to find more information. You can have your graphic page and stuff like that, but you don't need to bombard them with, with everything. It just needs to be personal. And, you know, we even send out emails just to stay in touch where we'll say, uh, you know, Hey, the sun's shining today. Hope you're going to have a picnic, you know, let us know what you're doing. Right. And obviously, you know, there is a fine line, you know, you're not sending a message every day, but you're, you're needing to stay in touch. And that's, and that's the big thing, right? Just like a friend, you know, you would stay in touch with a friend and it's amazing at, you know, a lot of people think or know that they're getting a, a form email, right? They, they know, but they respond, right? And then when you, they respond and then you respond to them, that's when you blow them away. Right. Because they may just, oh, I'm, I know this is a forum. Nobody's checking in. I'm going to respond. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. How, hope you're having a good day. And then all of a sudden you get a response, you know, back from from the owner or the manager saying, yeah, awesome. You know, thanks for reaching out. If you ever need anything, just give me a shout. And boom, now you've got that personal that personal connection. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm a big proponent. You know, when we talk about, uh, you know, marketing for restaurants, uh, like I said, I, I think uh, email marketing is that important. And I think it does need to take uh, priority. And um, and I think it's one of the things that uh, that an operator should and, and can carve the time out to do um, and do it well. I'm going to push back one thing that you said. You said, you know, restaurants are in the uh, business of, of creating experiences, not, you know, not making content. And I'm going to push back on that just ever so slightly because um, I do believe in in today's world um, there is a need to create ongoing content. Um, It doesn't have to be, you know, tons of it. It doesn't have to be, you know, all the time. It doesn't have to be just content for content's sake. But I think it provides an opportunity to extend the hospitality beyond the four walls. Um, and I guess I'm disagreeing with you, but agreeing with what you're saying, which is that, you know, just like friends have to keep in touch with each other every so often, just say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Hey, just wanted to check in. Um, I always go back to this place of like, you know, on an email list, right? We've got them on our list so we can sell to them from time to time. But I always think and I always challenge operators to think of the the, uh, the alternative, right? Which is why does a guest want to be on our list? Okay, maybe they want to know as soon as Mother's Day reservations are open or they want to know as soon as the book opens for New Year's Eve or whatever. But otherwise, I think we have to supply an answer 
um, in in a bunch of different ways, but we, we have to supply an answer to that question of, well, why would they want to be on this? And I think uh, different restaurants can answer that questions in different ways, um, but I think we do. I think content is uh, does provide an opportunity um, to, to personalize that connection, whether that's a, you know, a video of the chef talking about, you know, a, a new dish he's putting it on or, you know, just a photo, you know, like a uh, like a photo slideshow or a photo spread of the new spring menu or, you know, answer that, you know, however it is. But I, I think content, um, I think content provides an opportunity to dig deeper Right. Because that's the other thing is that people spend so much time in most restaurants. You spend so much time thinking about the product, you know, on the on the merchant side. Right. Operators spend so long, you know, doing all the things they need to do do to to create a a profitable restaurant that I think, you know, cluing people in, in, you know, informing them, you know, peeking behind the curtain a little bit. I think is actually kind of nice, and I think people really uh, look forward to that, you know, in the right way, at the right time, at the right frequency, you know, not not four days a week, but you know, every so often, um, to send out a again that 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 photo spread of the new seasonal menu. You, you change the menu four times a year, you know, why not send out? That's four of your email communications a year is you know six great pictures of some of your favorite new dishes that just went on the menu. Um, I, I think that's a uh, that again. Um, reminds people of the experience and I think uh, just shares with them like, hey, this is something really cool that's going on. We just wanted you to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, doing the soft sell on the back end of saying, you know, and if you want to try this, obviously come on in, you, you know where to find us. But um, but again, treating it more from the place of like, hey, we, we just thought you'd you'd want to know about this. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with you. That, and I guess more what I'm saying is, um, you know, sometimes I see restaurants trying to make a podcast or, you know, trying to write an extensive blog or, you know, creating a bunch of very polished videos. And, you know, there are restaurants that do benefit from that, but for the, the mom and pop kind of, you know, independent restaurant that spends is going to spend all that time trying to produce that, that content, um, from, from a a higher level. Right. And I, I think that the, the content, yeah, you need to be, you know, the when I say you need to be creating that experience, the experience is is the content, right? So the experience is, is yes, you need to be changing your menu, you need to be offering feature menus, and you need to use that as a content, right? You need to, um, uh, you know, give a little bit of an insight behind the scenes tour, kind of off the cuff, right? Kind of, you know, quick little little showcase of of what goes on and how build that personal connection with with people, right? You know, they they never get to meet the chef in the back, but you know, here, we just wanted you to meet, you know, Joe, Joe who's cooking your steaks, right? And this is a little bit about him, right? And- yeah, and I think and I think that's the key, right? Is that there are like that content can come in a bunch of different forms and there are restaurants that should have something really polished and slick and, and and produced and there are restaurants that don't need that and should go this other way but um but both things achieve hopefully if they're executed well they achieve the same thing which is that they just extend the hospitality um, that's how i like to frame it and you know extend the experience and remind people of the experience um, and maintain that connection you know to your point of having that that personalized communication um this is a way of of personalizing it and um and humanizing it i think yeah yeah and that's um you know that's that's the big thing is 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 creating that interaction 
with people, right? I always say you want to write when you're sending out an email, you want people to reply. You know, uh, that's another pet peeve of mine. You know, people who send out emails from a no reply email address. And, and I just go, I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, you're scared that people are going to reply or going to comment or, you know, you are you scared of people like me who might, you know, say something and try and, you know, get, get your business? Why would you send out an email and not ask for someone to reply? So to me, that's like, I'm going to leave a bunch of voicemail messages, but I don't ever want you to call me back. And it is, it is, it is the definition of inhospitable. It's, it is, it is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, that, that any restaurant, any, uh, service industry, uh, uh, business would, would do that. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's just simply even, you know, you're sending out a, a, a new feature and somebody has a question, right? You know, they just go in their email, they hit reply and they go, Oh, you know, does there, is there eggs in that? And all of a sudden they get a bounce back that says, Oh, I'm sorry, this email address isn't attended to what, what does that say to them right away? It's like, what, you know, like. I, I don't I don't understand. I you know you sent me an email. I thought I could reply and and send you an email. There is no better marketing than word of mouth, like a like a recommendation from a, a friend or a family member. The Restaurant Funnel Sales System is built with that principle in mind, guaranteed to deliver new guests to your restaurant. They accelerate that traditional word of mouth process, utilizing both paid and organic channels. Restaurant Funnel will help you generate leads, will help you turn those leads into contacts, and then convert those contacts into actual guests that will rave about their experience. Through engaging, personalized, and measurable communications, those guests are nurtured into becoming super fans. To get started, they offer a free marketing report card for your business. Visit restaurantfunnel.com slash chip to learn more. And of course, that link is also in the show notes. And then kind of another step with the email, you know, back to that hospitable and, and getting to know people and learning about them and, you know, having their favorite drink ready when they come in, you know, I, I find that that's what email can do as well when you use it to ask questions of of people on your contacts list right uh you know one of the big things uh for us that i've i've learned is when i when i started serving what was beaten into me right from the start is to always ask a table have you been here before and the reason that they asked me they want you to ask have you been there before because i'm going to explain things and i'm going to feature things differently if you've been there before versus if this is your first time, you know, if this is your first time, I might take my time, you know, explain the process. Whereas if you have been there before, I'm just going to get right into it or, you know, Hey, you got this, you understand. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you tried this? You should try it. Right. So, so I took that same sort of process and, and kind of said, you know, that's what email needs to be. To me, that's the ultimate first question that you should ask when somebody's signing up to your list is, have you been have you been to my restaurant before because if you have then my message can be different than if you haven't and that's the beauty of the email yeah so so talk to me about that so you do that right at the capture that's that's part of like the like a form that you would set up yeah so it's name email address have you been to the restaurant before and you may you know you send out that that first email and you could be saying the same thing uh you know for example your feature is a, a rack of lamb, 
you know, to someone who hasn't been there before, you can say, hey, so glad that you're part of our, our network. Um, when you come in for the first time, you need to try the rack lamb. It's amazing. Da, 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 da. So then just nuts and bolts here. So then so you'd create a form. It would have, you know, yes or no. Yeah. And then you would that would trigger different automation email, a different welcome uh, email or a different nurture sequence. Yeah, it gets segmented, segmented. And, and it doesn't need to be, you know, you know, when people are doing this, they don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, like I, I was saying, like, you know, the one, both emails can be the same. It's, it's sometimes it's the language, right? It's the, Hey, I, I know you haven't been here before. You should try this versus the, Hey, I know you've been here before. Have you tried this? Yep. Yep. And the more you can you can talk and resonate and it makes sense, the the more engaged people are going to be. Um, I yep. get get sign up to um, some emails and the first email I get is, "Hey, if you've been in the restaurant, leave us a review." And I'm like, well, I haven't been in the yeah. restaurant. I don't know anything about your restaurant. I just signed up. You know, why are you, you know. And you didn't ask me if I, and you didn't ask me if I liked it. You yeah. may not want me. Yeah. I've been to the restaurant, yeah. but you may not want me to leave a review. Yeah. And so, so, so that kind of, kind of is that put off. So, so I think that that's very important. And, you know, and I also, also am a big component of, um, you know, the Donald Miller story brand. His big, his big line is if you confuse, you lose. And so I've really taken that to heart with a lot of a lot of the restaurants stuff that we do, and you know the stuff that's public facing has to really communicate to that target market, right? So you might be a really awesome steakhouse and have a really fantastic vegetarian dish, but you're not going to be posting that vegetarian dish and, and telling everybody about it because people will get confused. Hey, you know they're all about the beef and and the steaks, and you know how come they're posting this vegetarian dish? But you may have people on your list that are vegetarians. And if you ask that question, then those are the people that you can say, hey, I know you're a vegetarian, but we have this great dish. Or anybody on your list is like, hey, I know that you're on this list because you love steak. You know, you should try this vegetarian list and you vegetarian dish. You can you can manipulate it differently when you can actually make the words um, resonate and talk to somebody versus just a generic post. Um, yep. so, so that's where, you know, I really love, love email is, um, you know, it's, it's all, it's about learning about people. You know, we do surveys and polls and usually they're contests and stuff where, you know, you get to learn about people and you get to, you know, one of the big things that I did with a lot of clients are, for this pandemic was, you know, they're deciding whether to stay open for takeout only or, or just close altogether. And, you know, they're, they're doing whatever they can to try and hang on. And so we would just send out a survey and just basically ask like, Hey, if we open for takeout, do you think you're going to come in? You know, like, like be honest with us. And we would get the most feedback and people would say, Hey, like, I love your restaurant, but I'm not dry. I live on the other side of town and I'm not driving just to pick up takeout. You know, I'm, right. I'm coming for the experience and, and it really helped a lot of the owners kind of understand more about, you know, what they, what they need to do to, to survive. Yeah. So now the way that you feel about, uh, newsletters versus kind of specific communications, which I agree with you, I, I, we both subscribe to that same thing, but your same aversion to that, uh, I'm starting to get that same aversion to 
blasting the list, right? That, that we've got a list of 10, 20, 50,000, 100,000 people on our list. And we would send a blanket email to everybody all at once. It is what we do. And there are, and there are opportunities that we, to do it. And there, there are the, there are right times to do it and wrong times to do it. But more and more, the further down I, uh, down this road I go, especially with email marketing, um, I think, you know, segmentation is absolutely key and, and finding ways um, to tag our list so we can send more um, more targeted emails so we can send again the right message to the right person at the right time you know the, the steak email to the vegetarian is not the right message to the right person no matter what time it is so we've failed there um, that I'm really interested in in doing that more and more um, and finding you know successful ways to do that that there are uh, with many of my clients now there are very few emails I send out maybe one out of four or one out of five that go to the list you know the entire thing yeah um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and kind of how you view segmentation and, and kind of uh, the role it's going to play moving forward yeah I think you know you hit the nail on the head right is um, I'm a big big fan of sending emails like I, I truly believe you should be sending an email between every five and seven days. But I believe that you should be sending the right email. Yep. So um, I I don't believe in, you know, sending the list, sending the list an email, unless it's something fun, like a contest or something like that, maybe you do, but, and that's why I say like this whole marketing stuff takes time. It's because when someone signs up to your list, you're not gonna send them out a survey and say, okay, are you a vegetarian? What's your favorite protein? What's your favorite side? What's, you know, do you like the color blue? You know, and and ask them all this stuff. You kind of build that information over time. Well, and let me give an example. Let me just interrupt you really quickly because yeah. we just passed Mother's Day and I always do this. This is an easy way to do this with restaurants. Um, you know, I, I we, um, you know, we take the reservations and we tag those people Mother's Day. Right, so they get two tags actually. They get Mother's Day and then they get um, you know Mother's Day and the year, right? Mother's Day 2021. So they get two tags in there. So now I've got I can segment the list when I import them into Mailchimp or Clavio or ConvertKit or whatever email service provider you use. Now I can uh, I can do that for every single year. So if I go back five years, everybody should have you know Mother's Day tag and a Mother's Day 2017. Mother's Day and Mother's Day 2018. So I can run a specialized list. I can send a communication just to the 2018 people or just to the 2017 people, or I can send it to everybody who's ever done Mother's Day. And I always say this, like before you open it up to the entire list, send it to the people who already know the product, who already have come and enjoyed and and, and participated one of the last, let's say five years, um, or send it to everybody except the people just this last year, send it to people who came two, three, four, and five years ago, before you send the whole list, because you might find half your, half your, um, your uh, your tables are booked up just from sending that hyper targeted list, and then you're not burning equity with the entire list because a hundred thousand people, eighty thousand of them are like, you know, like I don't have a mother anymore, I don't have a kid anymore, I don't like. There aren't yeah. there. It lacks sensitivity, but you know, again, like these people have kids or have mothers, and they are the kind of people who go out to a restaurant like ours for Mother's Day. So let's start there. Before we send it to the entire list, let's send that email on Tuesday 
and let's send to the entire list or to a broader list, let's say, on Wednesday or Thursday. But, you know, let's hit that that targeted list first. And it's an easy way to do that. And again, you do that, you can easily extrapolate out to Mother's Day, Father's Day, to, you know, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve. Who's most apt to get your $300 ahead New Year's Eve gala dinner? Well, the people who spent $300 for your New Year's Eve gala dinner one of the last six years. So again, if you can properly tag that uh, on the import, you can very easily segment and, and send a targeted message down the line. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, the, the, and, and that's again, you know, where it's a process, right? So if this is your first Mother's Day open as a restaurant, you're, you're, you may only have a small portion of people, but now if this is your 10th year open as Mother's Day as a restaurant, you have that Mother's Day segmented list that's massive and you don't need to do any other advertising. And that, and that's the whole thing that, you know, I try and try and get restaurants to understand is that if you invest the time and you do it properly and you, you build things, then um, when you have something special that you want to do, you send it out to those people who are going to appreciate it and you're going to be full, right? With, you know, a, a wine pairing dinner or a, a special event of some sort, um, you know, you have that ability. And, and, you know, just play back on the Mother's Day thing, you know, one, one of the emails that I like to send out to, to people at the, at the start before an event, um, even a month before, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, is you know again with the survey and i like to ask like hey do you celebrate mother's day right yes you know and if you do do you go out on the day do you go out the day before do you take do takeout and you know you find out that information and then as it gets closer you know someone who goes out on the day you can resonate and say hey i know you go out on mother's day reservations are filling up fast you know come here yeah that's a and- really that's an right? interesting and, idea. Yeah, I haven't done that before. That's uh, that, yeah. that's and really then, cool. And then if somebody says, "Oh, they don't go, they don't necessarily celebrate it on that day," you can say, "Hey, we have these extra specials on other days. You you know, bring your mom in for those. Seems you don't really care about the day, right? Like, and and the language I use obviously is is it needs to be finessed, right? I'm yep. just going off the cuff, but but now you're and now you have that opportunity to fill other spots. And same thing, like, hey, I know you do takeout. Here's a link to our takeout menu, or here we've created these meal kits for to take home, take and bake, or whatever, right? And and then you start getting that information on on how people are wanting to dine and how people are wanting to enjoy your restaurant experience as well. So so there's there's you know the afterward after um, tagging and segmenting and and you know once they've been in the restaurant, learning about them, and then there's there's also a lot of things that you can do to pre learn about people. And, um, and, you know, and, and I'm big on the, the links. So if I'm going to send, if I send out an email, um, you know, open rates to me are very deceiving, right? There's a lot of, a lot of platforms that will mark a, an email open if it's not, if nobody even opened it. And if somebody opens your email, that doesn't necessarily mean that they read it. If it's like five pages long, that doesn't mean that they've read the information. Right. So I'm a big fan of of creating a link like hey check out our mother's day mother's day prefix menu it's 300 dollars per person click the link to find out details right and now everybody who's clicked that link well now you can follow up with them, yeah right yeah. So there's always got to be a yeah there's always got to be a clear call to action yeah and if you and and now you know that people are interested so if you're sending that email you know a week before 
then you can follow up with people the you know few days before that have clicked that link right and you're yep. not and like you say like i really like what you said about that uh, you know you're not burning your equity your value with people yeah. who didn't care right equity yeah you're not burning your equity with people who you know saw the mother's day email aren't interested didn't click the link doesn't mean that they aren't interested in your restaurant they're just not interested in that promotion so leave them alone right you know you, you give them give them one opportunity they they uh, didn't follow through so now you can move on and and um and follow up with the people who actually showed interest. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was working for a brand for, I was working for a company for the last, uh, I don't know, eight years pre-pandemic. And uh, when it comes time to uh, fourth quarter, they do a ton, right? So they, oh, Christmas Eve is a really big deal there. New Year's Eve is a really big deal there. They also do, uh, Thanksgiving is their biggest day of the year. Uh, so Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, huge. Tons of communications go out to fill those days. Uh, they also do uh, brunches. We, we had started doing brunches on the Sundays. Uh, typically, this restaurant wasn't open uh, on uh, for weekend brunches, but we would do a special uh, holiday brunch on the four Sundays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So that was another thing we had to promote. Uh, and then we had a whole series of like gift boxes and, and handmade chocolates that were made in-house. Um, you know, like bean to bar chocolates. And so there was a lot to communicate, um, a lot to promote. And uh, this is one of the things we did. I said, listen, how, you know, we, we have limited inventory for chocolates. So let's start with all the people that have bought chocolate in the back in the past. You know, luckily yeah. we do a spring collection. We do a Valentine's Day collection. We do the holiday collection. So let's just start there and let's see if we can, you know, crush that inventory just on those people who are, we already know know the product and love the product hopefully yeah. because they've tasted it and it's the real deal um likewise you know it, it, like just like i was saying with new year's eve right it's 300 dollars a head it's expensive it's no joke let's start with the people who have already told us that they like spending 300 dollars or they're willing to spend 300 dollars on new year's eve uh for an exceptional experience for the kind of experience that that we that we provide and and because i do think of like we have to send so many communications that i would rather fill new year's eve just with the people that we've already gotten our, in the web. I would rather sell out the chocolates with that because when we were introducing the the brunches, uh, that was we really hadn't done that before. And so that was gonna have to go to the list. So if I had to go and write about like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, chocolates, Thanksgiving, chocolates, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, brunches, New Year's Eve, Christmas, like if I had to keep going back and forth there and it was just selling, selling, selling every two, three, four days, you know, as far as like the email cadence, uh, we would have burned all of this uh, equity and attention with our list. But since I was able to segment it, then the blast, right, like the blast to everybody could be the holiday brunches. We could send one blast um, to, you know, about Christmas Eve. And then we could send a, a, seri a series of retargeting afterwards, like all the people who opened but did not click, all the people who clicked but did not purchase, you know, uh, by placing the, you know, the different pixel and, and stuff like that. So, and then we could coordinate, you know, with social media and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, it begins by knowing your customer. And that's, that's the piece that I always, that always gets glazed over with marketing, right? We just think about what's all the stuff we can do and just being productive and just doing stuff isn't necessarily the, the way to make friends with your list, to deepen your relationship with your list and to drive more revenue. Yeah, and, and I can do more with a restaurant that has 500 contacts on an email list than 50,000 contacts on an Instagram follow. As long as it's tagged and, and segmented properly, yeah. you can do it. Well, do and a even lot. just just from starting it off, right? You know, because 
you know, give me 500 raw contacts and within six, six months, you know, first of all, we'll increase that list, but, but we'll learn about people and we'll, we'll develop that relationship. Right. Whereas with your, you know, your social media following, you don't, you can't send that direct message out to people. No. Yeah. So that's, that's a big thing. So one other thing, other thing that I have discovered with the email, because um, I love segmentation and automation, uh, but you know when I, I was running a burger joint and we had a special every day, right? So one was twenty five percent off, one was a ten dollar burger, you know, one was a drink. Every day was a different special, and so when I was running running this thing and be like, okay, it's Wednesday, I'm going to send out a Wednesday email. Boom, we got we're busy. Right. And then the other days were slow. And then next week, I'm like, okay, well, this week I'm going to send out a Thursday email. And then that Thursday was busy. And so it really kind of, kind of made me go like, okay, I've got 4,000 people that I'm sending this email to and I'm getting this rush of, rush of business and I'm having to prepare for it. This isn't working. So how do I get it so that it's a little bit more, um, you know, even spread? And so I came up with, uh, or I, I, wrote an automation that I call the daily nurturing. And, you know, it's just basically we take seven emails and we send you an email every five days, but you get it on a different day. So because of how you enter the list might mean that, you know, Chip, you're getting Monday and then Saturday and then, and I'm getting Tuesday and Sunday. And as you going through your, so, so you have 2000 or say, 700 people on the list every day, a hundred people are getting an email. And so instead yep. of creating that mad chaos because you sent out an email or, you know, the phone ringing off the hook and, you know, trying to uh, respond to people, you kind of have this daily thing. And then the best, I love that. And the best part about it is, is you have seven emails that go out over a 35 day span. That means once a month you sit down and you rework your seven emails and you're set now for the month and it just automatically touches everybody. And yeah. so, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the, the big, big lessons I, I learned and, and has really helped in, in kind of keeping, keeping touch with people and keeping people in the know. So yeah, listen, I, I love that. I, I want to talk about automation a little bit, but I want to now back up and, and talk about more specifically uh, about what you do, about what Restaurant Funnel does. Um, obviously, now I, th I think people have a better understanding of, you know, who you are and where you come from. And I love being able to kind of, you know, talk through some of this stuff. But but I am really curious um, to understand a little bit more of, you know, what is Restaurant Funnel? What do you what do you guys do? And, and how does all of this that you're talking about uh, fit into to what you do? Yeah. So uh, like I've said a, a, a bunch of times, you know, we we are building building a sales process, right? And I, I've kind of taken that word marketing out of out of our vocabulary because marketing is a piece of sales, right? Where you know, so so really, what you're doing when you're marketing is you're trying to increase sales. So let's call it a sales process. So taking that guest who's never heard of you before and transferring them into super fans. And restaurants have that are good, have a great process from taking that guest from walking in the door to leaving. You know, the hostess greets them, the server greets them, they have appetizers. Yeah, steps of service. You know, steps of service, right? So basically, you know, I've taken the idea of that steps of service and we transform that into a step of sales. And that sales process basically takes, you know, 
person who has never heard of your restaurant before into someone who is a raving fan and we call those super fans and and so through that whole steps of steps of service is is we we build a sales funnel and sales process and the reason that it's it's different for every restaurant is every restaurant has different pieces and different um different tools in their toolbox what our forte is is that we take all your existing tools whether it be open table and toast and instagram and and your website and we make all those pieces work and talk together to help automate that process of bringing the bringing the people through your sales funnel and having them have an experience and being becoming those super fans which will end up helping market your restaurant by word of mouth and and so that's that's what what we do. Yeah, so the idea being that, you know, somebody who comes in and and is just researching you, you know, obviously they're uh, they're now aware of you and you're trying to turn them like you said into leads so trying to get a you know email capture or something similar to that to you know in some way incentivize them give, give provide some value to identify that warm audience figure out you know who likes you enough to to say yeah I want to keep uh, I want you to keep in touch with me uh, and then sending specific offers is that usually what it ends up being to try and entice them to then come into the restaurant so our the base of our uh, program is an incentive-based email campaign. Yeah, and so you know, again, I I say incentive, and most restaurants go, oh, I don't want a coupon, I don't want to do any sort of, any sort of uh, that sort of thing. It just brings in you know the people who have no money, and an incentive is very much different than a coupon. I always say an incentive is like. You know, when we used to go to Costco and, uh, you know, you used to get those samples from from people and they'd be enticing you, hey, try this, try this, because they want you to like the product and buy it and then take it home and like it even more and buy it again. So they're they're willing to give you a taste. And that's what the incentive is, is that I am saying I want to give you a taste of my restaurant for the exchange of you giving me your email address. And that's different for every restaurant, depending on the market, yeah. the style, the level of dining, sure. all that. Cool. Yeah. And so when when I work with a restaurant, we, we want them to use the incentive as a hero appetizer or a hero dessert. And we want them to give to give the re, give the customer or the guest something that when they try it, they are blown away, right? They they're going to enjoy it. They're going to talk about it, and that will be their focal point. And it won't be because they got it free, but it's because that they got to try this. And 99% of the time, people are spending other money, right? You're giving away an appetizer; they're having an entree, right? You're giving away a dessert, even if people are just coming in for that dessert. You know, they're having a specialty coffee or or something to go along. And it's and it's to bring people in. And now it's through that use of that incentive that. When that incentive gets redeemed, now we know that that person's been in the restaurant because it's very hard to track track people, but we want to be able to track them. And because we know if they've been in the restaurant before or not, we know now if we've brought in a new guest or someone who's returning who's just been on the list. Yep, yep. Uh, so then that's that part of that attraction piece. And then these other kind of uh, nurture sequences, like this cadence that you were talking about, this every five days thing, 
then once people are on the list, then you've built like that sort of automation to, to keep steady communication with them. Yeah. And, and so we have, so <clears throat> there's uh, the Gary V uh, YouTube video where he's talking with John Taffer, the guy from, yeah, yep. about the, about the three yep. visits, right? So we incorporate that into our program. So we base it on, on three visits. So once you redeem the first incentive, then after a certain amount of time, we give you a second incentive. After a certain amount of time, we give you a third incentive. And once you've redeemed the third incentive, that's where we consider you a super fan. And that's where we start building building engagement tools. And we reward, we reward people on the list based on engagement. And by sending out referrals, um, you know, and, and telling other people, and we can create all that by, and, and, and build the super fans. And, and because you know, you know, if somebody has been in your restaurant for three in three times, you know that they are enjoying it, right? And you can reach out to them personally, you know, whether it be a phone call, but, but it's getting to know those people. And so having it all automated and set up, it all goes out. So we're not, when we start off with a restaurant client, we program about 50 emails that get, get set up. And those emails get sent out based on, you know, how the guest interacts and where they are part of part of the sequence. Yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. Obviously, there. I mean, this is the beauty of technology is that these are things that technology can do better than we can. Uh, when you were talking, I was thinking a lot about data, and um, I found myself talking. I find myself talking about this a lot. You know, people are like, oh, data, data. I'm like, data just means details. It just means you're getting to know somebody better, and uh, and there are two pieces to it. Number one, you gotta you gotta gather it. You gotta get to know your people better. Uh, and then the second piece to it is that you've got to put a plan in place um, to put that into action, to to turn those insights um, into something that you can, you know, it's something that's usable, something you got to be able to do something um, with it. I, I love this. I love this so much. Um, what uh, I, I'm looking at the time and I'm uh, trying to be very, very respectful of your time. I really appreciate having this conversation. What um, I, I want to start wrapping up with a with a series of questions here. Um, how should restaurant owners, and we touched upon this earlier, I guess, but like, what's the mindset shift they need to, to take for, for how they need to be looking at marketing? And I know you talked about consistency. I know you talked about, you know, a bunch of different things. What's the mindset shift needed to take somebody who goes, well, I don't really have time for marketing. I'm just too busy with all the other stuff. Um, to then making the time to ca carving out the time. Yeah, I think the the shift that needs to happen is is that uh, a restaurant owner needs to understand that that marketing is not instant. That it it the only way that your marketing is going to work is by you investing time today. And you know, and I think that's really hard for a lot of people to understand, especially right now because you know, there's so much, so much uncertainty, but now as we're heading back into a more of a, a stability, um, that's the, the big thing that I would say to restaurants is, is that, you know, start off small and do it well and do it consistently. And if that means that, you know, you're going to post to Instagram as your strategy, but, but do it and do it well and and then build on something else you know the number one thing is that 
is you need to have a way to capture emails on your website. And most restaurants that have that have it at the bottom of the list or of their page, way at the bottom. And I don't, and to me, even if you are only getting one or two names a week, having the ability to have that captive audience who's saying, yes, here's my email is so important. And spending some time to just even sending out those people a note um, once a week or having delegating someone will go way further than just randomly doing things. And I guess it's basically, you know, what I'm saying is what you said is consistency, right? You know, you know, figure something out, do it consistency, give it time to, to, to nurture and then add to it. Right. And, and start, you know, doing research, talking, talking to different people. There's lots of, lots of information and you just need to, to just kind of be, be consistent and adding things and, and working, working on, on a plan knowing that what you do today it will pay off in three months it's it's not going to pay off today right everybody wants to talk about that viral post right and i'm going to create the viral post and they're they're in search for for that viral post but yeah you know it's not anymore i always i say to to my clients you know creating a viral post is like buying the winning lottery ticket you know, yeah, those people who create the viral post get get lucky and it goes crazy and you become famous because of because of that post. But there's a hundred thousand posts every second on Instagram. So, you know, your chances are better off at buying a lottery ticket and winning the lottery than creating that viral post, yeah. right? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. I'll add this, my little piece to this, because uh, I've become kind of a systems junkie over the last several years. Um, And I think organization really will set you free. And I always say this to people like, you know, listen, you have to do the schedule every week, right? You got to schedule your cooks. You got to do inventory. You got to, you know, the the doors open at noon. There's no way you're not going to open the doors at noon. There are things you do every week on on a schedule like clockwork because you know that's what you have to do and i always say figure out what you can do what's the time that you can give Um, and if you just carve out that time at the beginning of the week an hour two hours whatever that is and just set the time and keep it holy just like you wouldn't imagine open at 12 15 if you were supposed to open at 12 you would open always open at 12 right dinner starts at five you would always open those doors at five for dinner um that figure out what are the things you can do and schedule that time in. So like every Monday, you know, nine to 10 a.m., I get up and I do, I schedule out all my social media posts for the week. And then from 10 to 11, I do my payroll uh, for the week, right? And then and then I'm done. You know, whatever the things are from, on Thursdays, I'm gonna set up all my, you know, I'm gonna send out an email. I'm gonna prep an email to go out, to schedule to go at some point in the future. And if you just set that time and stick to it, you know, build that consistency. It's, uh, you know, it's easy. It's easy to do it. There are all kinds of uh, great books out there about, you know, setting habits and routines. And, you know, they say, you know, just just commit to doing something so stupid and little uh, that you can't blow it off, you know, and just and just carve out the time and keep it holy, just as holy as your hours of business. And, um, 
You know, you couldn't imagine not doing the schedule for the week or not doing payroll for the week. And I think it's the same thing with marketing. You know, do it so that you can't not do it. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That the only excuse that you have is you're making making an excuse, and and uh, you know you hold yourself accountable to so many things. And yes, this is one more thing, but this is really going to help you help you pay dividends and by creating that system and and scheduling that time for it and you know one of my my other sort of things is is that doing it is better than doing it perfect and um you know done is better than uh, good yeah you know and and you talk about seth godin quite a bit and you know i'm i'm a huge fan as well but uh in his latest book you know it was just just ship it right you know and and tomorrow's another day but you know if nobody has the opportunity to see it if you don't ship it. So not not doing it is gonna be more harmful than doing something that's not 100% perfect, right? Yeah. And you can, and the more yeah. you do things, the better you become at them. And with that being said too, your business is very close to your heart and you understand it and you see it and you live and breathe it. But out in the, in the media world and out in the, in the public, people aren't as in touch with that. And so there's nothing wrong with reusing things, right? There's nothing wrong with, you know, if you um, sent out an email three months ago to resend that same email and changing a few words, right? You know, you're better off to do that than, than, um, than not sending that email at all. And yep. if by chance somebody replies back and says, oh, you sent me that email three months ago, then you phone them up and you buy them dinner because they obviously are in tune with your restaurant to the point where they love and sit on every word that you, you yeah. were saying, right? And they're a super fan. But 99.9% of the people aren't going to remember what you said or sent a few months ago. So... So being able to, you know, you know, again, with the marketing, the more you do it, the more stuff you have in the bank, the easier things become by just being able to kind of send things out. And, you know, you do a Mother's Day email this year. Well, next year, you know, you might be. And that's why I like using the landing page. You just change the landing page and and yep. send yep. out send out the email. Right. Done is better than good. It was a lesson that I've uh, that I've really learned through podcasting, and I, I feel really grateful for it. Is that you know somebody had told me early on, they're like, "Here's the beauty of it: nobody cares." Yeah. Like, like most of the people that you're, you know, most of the people in the world are never going to find your podcast, aren't going to listen to your podcast, don't care about your podcast, and that's good. And I found that really freeing, and and I do subscribe to that. And he said, "But here's the other beauty part of it: the people that uh, the people that do love you." they also don't care. Yeah. Like if you screw it up, if it's not, if it's not the perfect, like it's fine. They're, they're willing to overlook that because you're, you know, hopefully um, providing real value to them. You're showing up consistently, which is something that I, I really try to do week after week. This has been, you know, uh, over two years of this podcast and uh, I'm really proud of the, you know, the, the content I've been able to, able to put out there, the, uh, you know, the conversations like this one uh, that I've been able to have, that I've been able to bring to people and, and hopefully the value that I provide, the, you know, the different perspectives I'm able to, to share with them uh, because it all goes back to that, you know, that very basic thing of, you know, who are you trying to serve? What problem are you trying to solve? And I'm really clear about the problem that I'm trying to, uh, to solve and the, the, the group that I'm trying to serve. And they show up, you know, 
uh, they show up every single week uh, because uh, because they uh, they get value out of it and they don't care uh, if it's not perfect and uh, and the other people who might care that it's not perfect uh, they'll never find this they'll never listen to it and so it's it's very very freeing and the same is true. Um, with any business, in any market, in any industry, certainly in the restaurants. The people that love you are going to love you no matter what, and you've got to work really hard to try to attract them, to find them, identify them, uh, and get them to come back and evangelize for you and all that stuff. It does you no good um, to keep, uh, you know, to keep reaching out to people, to try to attract people who don't want what you have. Yeah, and that's, and you know, to wrap that up in the sense of, of the funnel, that's why we use that funnel analogy right is because we're trying to go out to a lot of people to find few people who truly believe right and who and you don't want to spend time marketing to people who don't care or don't or are negative you know you want to find those people who believe and will help spread spread the word yeah right I, I use this example uh, from a couple of years back. I was working with this Greek steakhouse. They were launching, uh, it was another property. They kind of renovated it and, and relaunched it, reinvented themselves as a Greek steakhouse. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I've never seen a Greek steakhouse before. I didn't even know that, you know, most Greek restaurants, you see the fish on the ice and everything's white and blue and, you know, really light fare. And uh, the, the guy who was running it said, no, 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 no. That's all those coastal, the islands and everything. But if you go up into Athens and up like further north, it's... um. You know, it's all kind of like heavy meat based. That's that's that culture. It's very different than kind of the the coastal culture. And uh, nobody knows this, but there's really great stuff. You know, rotisserie. You know, lamb on the rotisserie and um, kind of like stewed and like slow. You know, smoked meats and things like that. I was like, oh, really cool. Um, and they made a really dark, sexy restaurant. Kind of louder music. It kind of had this clubby feel. Uh, and and we had such a difficult time though uh, because they wanted everybody. They didn't understand that they that there was a specific audience who wanted what they had. And it wasn't until I sat down in this meeting one day and there was a couple. There's an older couple. They must have been I don't know seventy sitting there. I said, look over there. Do you think they're having a good time? And he's like, Ugh. and he kind of rolled his eyes at me. He said, yeah, I'm sure they're having a good time. I said, look at them. Do you think they're having a good time? And one of them had their phone out, shining the light, trying to read the menu. The other guy was sitting on his ear with his hand because it was so loud in there. I said, this guy, it's too loud for him. And for the woman, it's too dark for her. What do you think they're going to do for the next hour and a half? And what do you think they're going to say about this experience? And he kind of rolled his eyes again. He's like, oh, lots of people use, you know, you know, use, uh, you know, magnifying glasses or, or, you know, or lights in the restaurant. Like it's dark and that's the way we like it. I said, right. I want to find more people like them. And I pointed across the room. There's six girls, all like, you know, mid-20s, late-20s. They were all dressed up on like a Tuesday night. Like they were dressed to go out. And they're laughing and taking pictures and doing that. I said, that's your audience, not this couple. And in fact, this couple is going to damage your, uh, your reputation because everybody they tell they're going to say, oh, it was really loud and it was dark and we couldn't find it. It was a Greek place, but we didn't realize it was a, you haven't, you haven't communicated who you are and you haven't, you know, done a good enough job at identifying your audience. What I want to do is figure out exactly what we are and who we're for. We are for those ladies who were all dressed up on a Tuesday night. I want more of them. I want an entire dining room like them. And that's how we're going to be successful. Uh, otherwise, these people, this other couple, is, is going gonna, is gonna to really harm us in the long run. And if we get too many of them in here, 
you know, night after night after night, it is, it, they're just, they're going to tell enough people and they're not going to come back. No. And that's, you know, you have your, uh, ABCDs of, of marketing and, and that is, I do. It, it just resonates so well. Um, and you know, I've, I follow that up and I, I always say like, you only have one website, you have one Instagram page, you know, you, you can't communicate, you can't communicate to everybody. You got to figure out who you're communicating with. And yes, your target market is anybody who has money, but you have, you want to make sure that those people that have money are enjoying the experience. And, yeah. and yes, there's always going to be that, you know, 70 year old grandpa who likes to go to the 20 year old club and has a great time, but that's not your target market. You're not going to go to the nursing homes and, and target the seven year old grandpas. There's always outliers but, in the group. Yeah. Yeah. And in that neighborhood though. So in that neighborhood, it was right in like flat iron nomad area. So it is a lot of old money, like a lot of, you know, retirees who live there, who've lived there for 30 years. And it's a lot of new money, young, you know, fresh, like hip trend. It's a trendy area. And so I said, we just have to be really good, really deliberate about communicating the kind of experience we're crafting. And then we just got to, we just got to do a better job at attracting the people that we know are going to love it. Yeah. Maybe there are 70 year olds in this neighborhood who would love what we're, what we're doing. And that's fine. That couple in the corner, that's not them. They're not loving this and they're not going to rave about us. And to your point, right? Finding super fans. I want to find super fans because these girls are taking all kinds of pictures. You know, they're posting them to their stories and to Instagram. You know, they're texting their friends. You know, they're taking selfies in front of the the beautiful mirror of each other you know because they're all dressed up this they are going to come back and they they are already evangelizing for us this couple here they're using their phone as a flashlight and the other guy is covering his ears because the music's too loud I, I hope they enjoy the food but i can guarantee they're not going to enjoy the experience yeah. and that's what a restaurant is the restaurant is the experience yeah. lance I love this conversation. I could do this for another hour, uh, but I want to be respectful of your time and the listener's time. Uh, before I let you go, um, uh, tell people, uh, so we got a link set up that people can go to learn more about you. Um, tell them about that and kind of, if they're curious about Restaurant Funnel, what's the best way to get started with you? H how does that process start? Yeah, the best way to get started with us is, uh, you know, we have a, a link, uh, restaurantfunnel.com slash chip, and uh, you can go there and you can get a free marketing assessment of your current situation. And, you know, I'm a, a big component of knowing where you need to go is knowing where you've been and, and figuring out uh, where things are at. And, you know, we sit down with you and kind of showcase you up areas of opportunity and uh, how we can help and um, provide you at the very least some tools that you can go back and use uh, to implement yourself. So, that's that's the best way to get started with us. Excellent. Yeah, and, and a marketing audit is always helpful because you're you're going to identify uh, places where you're winning, where you're succeeding. You know where you're you're properly communicating your value, where you're speaking to the right people, uh, and then like uh, like Lance said, you're going to be able to identify those places of opportunity. And the beauty of it is that you're going to look at the stuff you're doing right and say, "Great, we need more of that stuff over here." So how can we do that, and how can we grow, and and what are the opportunities that we've just you know uh, left on the table altogether that we're not um, that we're not uh, looking into at all. Um, I, I think it's a really it's a really great way to get started, Lance. I really appreciate all of the insight that you provide. Uh, I really appreciate your support and, and the partnership here. Uh, thank you for carving out the time um, to to be here and to chat with me. Any uh, any last words of wisdom you want to leave the uh, the listeners with? Consistency. I think that's the the theme here is uh, doing things consistent and 
And uh, yeah, and I, I appreciate you having me on, Chip. It was uh, really great and I'll enjoy the conversation. And we could probably, you know, talk about this for hours and hours. But, uh, but yeah. We'll definitely do a round two at some point. Lance, I so appreciate you taking the time. Thank you much for being here. Have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, Chip. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you to Lance for taking the time out to sit and chat with me. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. A quick reminder to go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All those five-star ratings and reviews really help boost us up in the rankings. Uh, helps uh, helps us find new audience members. Helps us grow this community. It takes a minute out of your time. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, I found that that's the one that really moves the needle. So if you listen on Overcast or Stitcher or Spotify, uh, do me a favor. Take the time to open up the Apple Podcast app and just go leave us a review again you can easily find the podcast it does us a, a great deal of good thank you very much uh, stay creative and i will see you next time restaurant strategy is made possible by the generous support of our sponsors as well as our patreon supporters a special shout out to all of our gold and platinum members ty hames bob and kate carpenter scott middleton chuck and denise close Stephen and ann fagan mario damatos and christopher tana if you want to become a supporter please go visit patreon.com restaurant strategy again the link is in the show notes